Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's my Yank from Mix in the Dark. I hope everyone is doing all right this fall. There has definitely been a lot of fall festivities happening, at least in my community. And I want to remind you that I will be volunteering in a fall fest and trunk retreat event located at Warman Muay Thai in St. Paul, Minnesota. The event will be happening this weekend, Saturday, October 29th from 12 to 3 p.m. I attached the flyer to my YouTube and Facebook channels in case you wanted more information. There will be things like food trucks, raffles, bounce houses, and of course, treats from our trunk retreat lineup. I decided on my trunk retreat theme. I think I'm going with the pirate theme and I have a few friends and family members coming out to meet me as well. So shout outs to you all. I told them that they needed to be dressed up in pirate outfits. And so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, we're going to have an activity at my trunk for small prizes. So look out for my mix in the dark flag. Come out to meet me. Let's talk about this story set. I am so excited for it because I've been wanting to release this for a while. A medium connected with me a few months ago with a story to share and I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to learn more. So I asked this person a few things about personal experiences and mediumship. I want to slow down and say that I so appreciate the very genuine and open-minded perspective that this person gave while I was asking these questions. This story set includes those personal experiences and thoughts on mediumship. I hope you find this episode as intriguing as I did. With that said, let's get started with these stories. Please enjoy. I don't even know why I got the prodding to go explore the Hmong culture, but I've learned over the years that if some invisible urging appears, I should listen as there is usually a reason. Perhaps a Hmong spirit passed through my space and pushed me that way. It is such a lovely culture from what I've seen so far, very strong people and strong ancestors. I hope to learn more as time goes by. I am a medium. There are times I get overwhelmed when talking to new people. Anxiety happens and I get scattered when I try to express myself. I tend to be very much a hermit and keep to myself most of the time. I still tend to alienate myself because I sometimes get curious about what I see or hear. I would often ask the person about it and would understandably freak them out. I had a lot of difficulties in school as a child. I drove my teachers nuts. There were school reports from when I was little in kindergarten saying that I needed to focus and stop daydreaming and that I needed to be present in class and get my head out of the clouds. Focusing at school was very hard for me. Eventually, I got kicked out in grade 10. Friendships didn't really last long for me as a child. One, because we moved around so much, and two, I would share stories with my friends who would tell their parents, who would then turn around and forbid the kids from ever coming over again. I was that weirdo at school. I still struggle and joke that I'm crazy, but I've had people confirm things about me. I don't really remember a time that I found out that I was a medium exactly. I've had experiences since early childhood. For a while, I thought things were normal and that everyone had experiences like me until it started causing problems. I did not grow up in a spiritual family and a lot of times I think I creeped people out. My parents' marriage ended when I was around five and I grew up in a single parent household. My mother always used to say that I was highly imaginative and I was a daydreamer. 
As a little girl, my mom used to love reading. She would read every night after she put us kids to bed. I used to creep her out because I would dream about the book that she was reading at night. She was a fan of Stephen King, and I would unfortunately have nightmares in line with the story she was reading without even knowing what the book was about. For a long time, I started to believe I was just imagining things. I ignored things as best I could, but it never went away exactly. My ex-husband used to just say that I was bad and or crazy. I started to believe that. I don't have training and there isn't a switch that I can turn on or off at well, it just happens. Within the last several years, I've started to explore more about who I am and what happens with me. All it took was for someone a few years back to say, honey, you're a medium, not crazy. I spoke with a Hmong shaman once who said that I am a medium who experiences things like I was possessed. He told me I had guides. He said things that were accurate to what I experienced. Other spiritual people have said the same thing. I don't live in the States, so I don't know how to connect with a Hmong shaman for more conversation. One time, while trying to connect on my own, I ended up getting instantly tired and woke up on my floor six hours later with no memory of what happened. Sometimes I feel spirits do a walkthrough or pass through by. It's hard to explain. Once I had a dream of an older Asian lady coming down some stairs and sitting beside me on the couch. Her eyes were closed and there were Chinese coins placed over them. Her lips were blue and sewn shut with black threads. She hugged me tight and told me she was my mother and was going to stay with me forever and that nothing could separate us. I sometimes smell perfume around me or a sweet, heady floral scent. These things are normal for me even though I do still get frightened when some things happen. I find some dead just want to be heard and listened to. Some are confused about what happened and don't realize that they are dead, and some unfortunately want more. Another time, I was meeting an acquaintance for the first time in person. I noticed he was about six feet two but walked stooped over. His shoulders were always slumped and he was unbalanced. I felt curious as to why. I had this subtle pushing to explore more about his situation, so I silently watched him trying to feel things out. Then it clicked into place. I saw a small child riding his shoulders. This little one was sitting on his shoulders and pounding his fists into the top of this guy's shoulders, sometimes smacking him on the head. So he was walking around with the spirit of a young child on his shoulders and it was weighing him down, which is the reason why he walked and carried himself the way he did. The child looked at me. I nodded understanding and replied I wasn't going to interfere. I had this immediate sense that it wasn't my place, that it was all, well, not exactly something he deserved, but something that was a consequence of something he did, and I wasn't going to stop the child from doing what was in their right. It's hard to explain, I hope you understood what I meant, but I feel like karma maybe for an action that he did. Me being dumb as hell chuckled to myself and asked the man outright why he had a dead child riding his shoulders and explained that that is why he walked the way he did and was going to for the rest of his life. Let's hope he doesn't listen to this episode. Moving forward, sleep terrors are episodes of screaming, intense fear, and flailing while still asleep. 
Also known as night terrors, sleep terrors often are paired with sleepwalking. Like sleepwalking, sleep terrors are considered a parasomnia, an undesired occurrence during sleep. A sleep terror episode usually lasts from seconds to a few minutes, but episodes may last longer. When I was 17 years old, my fiancé and I shared a house with my mother. It was a great way to save money on rent and meant we had a private yard. I was going to have a baby, so it also meant my mother was around to help the baby if I needed it. My eldest brother and mother found a house for us to move in together. It was in a great neighborhood, friendly elderly neighbors, it was a dead-end street, and across from the house was a warehouse with some stores. Our view was the road and the back of the building. There were big trees in the front and backyard, with plenty of room for a garden and flowers. No one ever parked on our street, and it was quiet and private. I loved the house when I first saw it on moving day. It couldn't be more perfect until I had a few experiences in that house. When I was pregnant with my child and living in the basement of this house, I woke up in the middle of the night to pee as the baby was jumping on my bladder. When I left my room, right at the bottom of the stairs, an old man with a hat ran out of the darkened hallway towards me. I actually ended up fainting in the hallway. That whole pregnancy was difficult, and I kept going into labor every few weeks. Every few weeks, I would almost lose the baby and be put on bed rest. My mother nor husband wanted to move as the rent was so cheap and we were saving money. They refused to move, so I was stuck there. I eventually had my child just fine, but things did not stop. One time at dusk, when it's not quite night nor daytime anymore, I happened to be sitting in our living room next to the front door and watching TV. I happened to glance at the window and saw a man standing on our steps just staring in the window at me. When I saw him, I suddenly struck with fear. He did not smile, he did not knock, he had just been there watching me. The window was inches from where I was sitting. I screamed for my fiancé to get up and chase the man away. He said, what man? There is no man. I looked and saw that he was gone. I demanded my fiancé to get up quickly and to go out and look for him and run him off. He looked uncomfortable and said he didn't want to go look. My mom came in and stood in the doorway to the kitchen as I explained what happened. I was getting up and pushed my fiancé at the door in front of me. It was maybe two minutes since I had seen the man watching me through the screen. My husband went outside and walked to the end of the driveway. My mom held the baby while I went to stand on the steps looking up and down the street. My husband jogged to one corner and came back saying no man was seen anywhere. A few days passed without anything else happening, but I felt uneasy. Then the night terror started. The first time I was laying in bed trying to sleep. It was past midnight. I could hear the sound of the TV in the living room and the quiet laughter from my fiancé as he watched movies. I drifted off to sleep. At some point, I felt my leg get grabbed and felt a hard pull on my calf. I jerked awake, and as I was falling to the floor, I saw the same man in the window crouched on the floor, pulling me towards him. I screamed, and my fiancé ran in to find me on the floor crying. It became a nightly thing. 
I wouldn't always wake up though, but apparently would sit up in bed and scream as though I was being murdered while still asleep. Sometimes I would wake myself up from my own screams or because my fiance would shake me awake. Once he slapped me across the face as he said I had been sitting up in bed screaming for the past 15 minutes without stopping. We asked my mom about it and she said she didn't really hear me and was able to block it out because I had night terrors as a child so she was used to it. She just ignored me. One night, I woke up thirsty and went out to the kitchen to get a drink of water. Standing at the kitchen sink, I looked out the window staring at the back of the warehouse for a moment. I looked down to fill my glass, and taking a sip of water, I looked up to see the reflection of a man standing behind me in the middle of the kitchen. I dropped and broke the glass. I swung around, but no one was there. I ran back to my bed and hid under the covers until my husband came home. I explained what happened, and he said I was just crazy and bad, that I should stop doing those things. A few days later, I had a dream. It was nighttime. I was alone in the kitchen and walking down the stairs leading to the basement. There was no door at the bottom of the stairs. It was an open staircase. At the bottom, I saw a man who had hung himself and was swinging from the rope. He had blood running down his neck along the rope. His skin looked cut. I questioned to myself why his neck would be cut open if he had hung himself. As I stared at him from the top of the stairs, his eyes suddenly popped open and stared at me. I screamed in the dream and woke up screaming in real life. From time to time while living in the house, I would see an older man with a hat walking around downstairs in the basement. During my time living in that area, I decided to go explore and see what stores were at the warehouse. Usual stuff, a seamstress, a store selling flooring, people who did upholstery. I decided to walk all the way to the end of the building and cut around to get back to my house. I saw another small store way at the end of the building and wondered why it was so far from the rest of the shops. It was a crematorium. The whole time living at that house, I had a crematorium across from me. For context, there is a folk tradition that when a family member is about to die, a female spirit can be heard sobbing or crying. This spirit is believed to arrive before death as an omen that someone is going to pass. My first experience of this was when my mother died in 2019. A few days after she died, I heard crying outside my window at night. I'm a bit of a smart ass, so I yelled out, You're late! She's already dead! Stop crying! Go away! After that night, the crying stopped. It may have been some poor neighbor that I yelled at, who knows. Just the other day, I was in my kitchen alone. My kitchen and front door are side by side. I was standing on the threshold and dropped a bottle. When I bent to pick up that bottle, I heard a family member outside my door sobbing. Like, ugly crying. I almost yelled out, don't stand outside crying alone, come inside and cry with me. But I stopped myself and texted the person I heard. I asked if they were at my home and if they were okay. They replied that they were fine and also that they weren't on my doorstep. I went to my window but couldn't hear anything other than birds and normal outside sounds and no one was there. A few years back, before COVID became a thing, I used to have to get treatments via IV for severe iron loss. I am anemic and had to get transfusions of iron. 
I always prefer early morning appointments when the hospital is more quiet. I don't like being around a lot of people. The transfusion usually takes about two to three hours depending on what else needs doing. So this time, I am at one of my early appointments and everything goes smoothly and I'm out in a couple of hours. Things are fine. No one is around. The hospital is peaceful and silent. So I'm happily walking down a dark corridor by myself when I see a doctor walking along the hallway coming towards me on the opposite side of the hallway. I look up and see that he nods and smiles, so I return the nod, when all of a sudden, I see a young man sitting on the floor with his head and his hands. He is directly in front of me on the floor, and I trip while apologizing to the boy, saying, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention, and I didn't see you there. I saw the doctor looked puzzled and stopped walking. He stared at me. I briefly see the boy look directly at me. Our eyes meet, and then he disappears. Suddenly, I realized that I tripped over no one the doctor could see. Worried that I would look like a nut bar to the doctor, I quickly laughed and told the doctor, sorry, long morning, a little dizzy after treatment. He nodded, and I started walking again, hoping the doctor won't stop or follow me. While sitting at the entrance to the hospital as I waited for my ride, I quietly whispered some words and prayers to offer peace to the spirits and asked him to move on and to please not follow me. As I sat there by the automatic doors, I started to smell smoke from a fire. Something was burning. I wondered if there was a fire, but the few people in the hospital acted like everything was normal. A man going into the hospital told me to stop smoking in front of the hospital. I showed him my hands that I have nothing. He frowned and walked away, looking back at me once confused. Eventually, my lift arrives. I got in the back seat of the car. The driver entered my address into the GPS and we headed home. We chatted briefly. The typical, how are you doing? Nice day, eh? That ends quickly. We pulled out of the parking lot and an automated voice from the system says loudly, a passenger has entered the vehicle. I sighed. It's not the first time this has happened to me. The hospital is right near an old cemetery. The driver nervously glanced at me in his mirror. I just shrugged and smiled. I go back to looking out the window and mentally start saying more prayers and requesting for the spirit to move on into the light. Then I smelled the smoke, the smell of burning beside me. It was practically wrapped around me in an embrace. The driver sniffed the air and looked at me again. I just turned my head and looked out the window at the passing view. The smell got stronger and the driver asked, Ma'am, do you smoke? Are you smoking? Please don't smoke in my car. I told him that I am a non-smoker and showed him my hands. They were empty. He nodded, touching the cross, hanging from the mirror. The whole ride home, he kept looking in his mirror at me and touching his cross. We finally got to my street and were about to pull into my driveway when the automated voice says, A passenger has exited your vehicle. The smell of smoke is now gone from the car. The car was still driving and hasn't even stopped yet. He pulled in and ran to open my door to let me out as quickly as possible. He ran up the stairs to put my walker down, and before I even got four steps toward my apartment, he was already halfway down my street and almost out of sight. I sighed again. I said a few things quietly and encouraged the spirit to leave in peace and that I will pray for them, but to go. 
There is nothing here for them and that they have people waiting for them on the other side. I got inside my apartment. I carefully put down my bag and washed up with soap and salt water. I remember my kid came home and commented that I smelled like smoke. I laughed and said I had a guest over. They brought the smoke with them. He nodded and went about his day. All that week, I woke up in the middle of the night to the smell of smoke in my bedroom. Eventually, it slowed down to every few weeks and then months. There are times I still smell it, but it has become somewhat normal and it's no longer uncomfortable. About 18 years ago, I moved into my current apartment. I took over the apartment from my brother. He was going to move into a house with his girlfriend. She had lived here before him, but had kids from a previous marriage, so there wasn't really enough space for her kids, himself, and his kids from his previous marriage. As it was such a small space, whenever anyone visited or came to dinner, generally everyone sat outside for barbecue. I noticed when people did go inside the kitchen, an argument would happen. There could only be one person at a time or the pleasant mood would go from 0 to 60, intense anger, arguments, all of the above. Anyway, eventually I decided to move in and take over the apartment. I hated the kitchen. It's not bad, but the color was a dark reddish orange and I noticed shortly after moving in that I would start feeling grumpy in that room. I assumed it was because I didn't like the color. Anytime anyone came in when I was there, we would start arguing. No matter how happy you were before entering the kitchen, you would always end up with a fight. I had reached a stage in my life where I had started to explore spiritually and gifts others told me I had. At this point, I still just assumed I was imaginative or loopy. I decided to spiritually look at the apartment. I sat down in my living room. It was completely dark except for a single candle I had lit. I relaxed my body as much as I could. I tried to calm my mind and allow myself to drift. It's hard to explain, but while still sitting on the same chair in the living room, I was mentally or spiritually walking from the back of the apartment through my home. I started in my bedroom. It looked relatively the same. I looked in my child's room my bathroom, etc. I came down the hallway and saw myself on the chair facing the wall. From there, I turned and looked at the kitchen. Suddenly, it was like getting slapped in the face or shoved. There was a man sitting on a wooden chair in the middle of my kitchen. He was white, had short hair, dressed normally. He was wearing jeans and a shirt. He was maybe in his 40s. He sat on the chair sobbing and holding his face to his hands. Tears, snot streamed over his hands as he sobbed and sobbed, repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. The shock of seeing someone and experiencing all of this kind of made me jump back into myself. My first thought was, oh hell no, nah, and I blew out my candle and turned on my light. I was spooked. I also instantly knew this is why everyone fought in my kitchen. He was responsible. I'm not sure if he was actively trying to cause problems or if he was just affecting the energy and flow of things by being there. I communicated to someone who encouraged me to try again and to draw on my empathy. I can be the type of person who wears their heart on their sleeve, so the person told me to tap into my kindness and try again to help the man. I agreed, but I would save it for another day. When I felt a little more courageous, I did the same thing as before. I sat in my living room. 
I lit my candle and reached inside myself. I reminded myself of his pain and that he was clearly suffering. I started in my room again. Empty. Kids room? Empty. Hallway? Empty. Me on the chair in the living room again. I turned to the door of the kitchen and he was standing there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. He turned back to sit down on the wooden chair in the middle of my kitchen. Hands to his face, leaning over, rocking and crying. I stood in the doorway and told him that he needed to go home. He angrily yelled at me that he can't go home. They won't let him in and they will never forgive him for what he did. I said to him that he is dead and doesn't belong here anymore and that he needed to go home to move on. His family was waiting for him. He would repeat how sorry he was and I would repeat that he needed to cross over. I thought maybe he was just a memory in the place with how he kept repeating how sorry he was. And then I said, they forgive you. They will forgive you. He looked up and said, I've done horrible things. They will never forgive me. Since he responded differently, I knew he wasn't just a memory or echo. I moved over and reached out to him with sympathy and understanding. I asked him, did you love them? He replied yes and that he just couldn't control his anger. I said, yes, sometimes emotion can be overwhelming. Are you really genuinely sorry for what you did? He replied he was but knew they could never forgive him. I said he needed to go to them and apologize, that someone on the other side loved him and was waiting for him, that if he was truly sorry, he would show them, he would cross over and atone for the wrongs he committed in his life. Even if they did not forgive him, he could show them that he was truly sorry by crossing over and accepting what waited. It would show he was at least actually sorry and trying to make amends. He replied, I am scared. I answered, I know the unknown is scary, but I am sure you have someone on the other side who loves you and is waiting for you. He looked up and away. He had a very faint hint of a smile and was gone. I was back in myself and painted my kitchen a few days later. I am still not completely convinced as to what actually happened, but the energy in the room is better whether or not it's because someone actually was there and moved on or... Was it just a color change? I don't know. You asked how being a medium has changed me. I'm not sure how it has changed me as I've always felt this way. I've had a few near-death experiences, but I came to realize it is because I was ignoring something I couldn't ignore. I am still discovering what that is, and part of it seems to be involved with the dead. Like I said earlier, I am somewhat of a hermit and keep mostly to myself. I've been married twice and both marriages failed. They weren't good marriages, so I'm alright with that. I don't know if it's a guide who doesn't want me in relationships, or if it's just my fate, or if I need to be in a relationship with someone else in my situation. I've been single for 11 years now, and I think maybe I've been single for too long or am too weird for relationships to work out. Maybe it would work with a shaman, but honestly, I just think some of us are supposed to be single. I'm still learning and trying to sort up from down, but I don't think I'm special or unique. I don't seem to be able to make it happen at will. I have things I enjoy as hobbies as well. I like to paint and sketch. I like to have houseplants around. It's not like any of us are truly alone anyways.
Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.